Every day, entrepreneurs spend thousands of dollars on confusing courses, failed Facebook ads, and websites that no one looks at. Only a small fraction of them will actually succeed. So what do the successful entrepreneurs do differently? That is the question. This podcast is the answer. My name is Bridget Irby. I am a marketing mastermind, and these are my secret confessions on the strategies that I've used to help business owners grow their business while staying true to their morals, values, and their mission. Hey guys, and welcome back. I am so excited to be bringing you an amazing woman today in honor of Women's History Month. We are bringing you a series of women who are making history now. And today I have with me Jamie Dalfrish. She's the CEO and founder of Change Reaction, and she is leading in the multifamily industry. She has a very unique way that she helps companies decrease employee turnover, increase their net operating income, and increase their customer satisfaction and their employee satisfaction. She is saving companies millions and millions and millions of dollars in their training budgets, and she is a phenomenal rock star that I am privileged to call my friend, Jamie. I would love for you to share a little bit about what you do with us, and thank you so much for being here. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Um, So I work with companies to help solve three problems, um, hiring, promoting, and leading. Um, And if these three problems can get solved, then your position, um, your company gets positioned um, at the top rather than kind of struggling and competing. You become the one everybody else strives to be. That's awesome. And that is incredibly powerful. You know, one of the things that that I have heard a lot is that people don't know how to lead these newer employees and people who have different expectations. You things have changed a lot. So I would love to hear a little bit about what you feel like are some of the main mistakes that businesses make. Because I know you work not only with multifamily, obviously you have tremendous experience in multifamily, but you work with a lot of different companies too. So tell me a little bit about some of the mistakes that you see across the board right now? Yeah, so I tend to work with service-oriented businesses like um, restaurants and hotels, multifamily, retail, that kind of thing. Anything that's customer-facing and that job has changed. And so what I tend to see a lot is the job has changed, the technology has moved in, your customer is way more knowledgeable, they come in telling you, you know, which floor plans you have, what your amenities are, Um, and they're really just kind of interviewing the person to see if they're going to be crazy in the office every time they come in. That's really what they're looking for. Um, And what I see is that leadership tends to hold on to old ways of doing things in a new environment. Um, Those old ways, hiring to experience and skills, those kind of things, those aren't working right now because that person typically doesn't modify their behavior to sell a different way, to um, have a conversation, to get to know. They check boxes and checkbox selling um, doesn't tend to move the mark anymore. Mm. So what do you see in multifamily housing? Because I know that this is a rapidly growing and changing industry, especially right now, Mm -hmm. what do you feel like are the top three mistakes that are happening in multifamily right now? 
The top three mistakes are hiring the wrong people, promoting the wrong people, and then leading the people that you have in a wrong way. That's really good. I'm sure that's a, that's a lot of people are struggling with that. What do you feel like those mistakes are costing those companies? So those mistakes tend to cost a company. You'll know that you um, are kind of falling victim to one of these three things if you have high turnover. So specifically in the multifamily, if your turnover is over 30%, then you're doing one of these things wrong. Um, your training dollars. Um, if you don't know your price per hour of training, then you're definitely doing one of these things wrong. Um, but your training cost per hour should be about $250. And that is completely manageable and it's low. But whenever you have the right people in the role, that training cost per dollar, I mean, that training cost per hour is manageable because you're not training them how to do um, everything. They come in the way that you need them with the right personality, the right disposition. They like to have the conversations. They're motivated by somebody else getting what they need. Um, and then you're just training them on the way your company does things. So it really cuts down on that training curve. Um, and then you'll also see um, resident results. So specifically to the multifamily, resident online results, um, their satisfaction scores mean everything. Because whenever you go to look for apartment, where do you go first? You go online, you go to Yelp. You're like, I'm thinking of living here. What's it going to be like? And if there's a bunch of one star and two star, that's what you're going to believe over the flashy, shiny website and pictures. That's really, really good. I haven't seen a whole lot of companies right now that actually have a very effective way to manage reviews and their online mentions and feedback from the get-go. So what I'm hearing you say is that if you hire right, promote right, and lead right, those reviews are naturally going to be positive because you're going to have that culture and you're going to have the right people in the right positions. So even though you're training, maybe training them to do some technical things, they're the right fit from the beginning. So they'll, they'll be positive. Awesome. Awesome. What do you think about other industries as well? Do you feel like those are pretty much the, the, the three pieces that everyone's missing across the board? Yes. It all comes down to people. So we tend to focus on, and it's any business, we tend to focus on metrics like NOI, so your net operating income, and we tend to focus on that as that's the problem, right? And so we look at it and we want it to be at a certain level and it's down here. And so we throw um, usually um, some research at it, we change some business processes, um, we'll advertise, we'll market, um, Maybe we'll bring in a specialist um, to fix that, to get that net operating income up. But in actuality, the net operating income is a symptom. And it's a symptom of either you have the wrong people in the wrong place, you've promoted the wrong person, or you have a leader that doesn't know how to lead the people that they have. And so if you'll go back to those three things and look to see, do your people know what they're working towards? Are they trying to achieve your goals? Do your leaders know how to have a conversation? Do they know who they're leading? And have you promoted um, with a goal in mind? 
or did you promote people that happened to have been with you for a really long time? And if you can look at those three things and target which one maybe you kind of got off the rails with, then you can most definitely fix that NOI quicker um, without the extra expense. That's so, that's so huge. You know, you and I have had this conversation, um, but not everyone, everyone is familiar. So my background is in sales and marketing, and I worked for many years as a corporate turnaround specialist. So one of the things that I did was I went in when companies were not doing well, and then I helped them become successful. So hiring and training sales and marketing teams. And I shared with Jamie, um, I've learned so much working with her and helping her to change um, and grow change reaction that I really didn't connect. And I, it's funny to hear you talk about it because I had the same issue. Like I did, I did not connect the hiring, the promoting and the leading to be connected to your revenue, like your net operating income. In fact, the first turnaround that I did, there was like one woman um, in this little like separated tiny little office that did, you know, HR, she did uh, staffing and she did all the training for the nursing staff. And it was a skilled nursing facility, a really, really large skilled nursing facility. Uh, and, as, and as we were doing the turnaround, we more than doubled the census in a year. And, and for those of you who have had that kind of growth, and I know that you work a lot with companies that are, are growing quickly and expanding and diversifying, mm -hmm. and that's one of your specialties. So when, when I went in, I went in knowing like sales and marketing, I know sales and marketing inside and out, I can help people make money. But what I encountered was I would have to, we would get to a level to where, you know, we'd have a jump of maybe like 40, 40 residents in the census. And then I would have to stop and I would have to turn around and I would have to come inside and do a lot of what I would call internal marketing, where I would walk the floors and make sure people were happy and, and you know, do a lot with the staff. Um, but since you and I have been working together and I've learned so much about your specialty and what you do, I realize how all of the dots connect now and how, you know, knowing that and, and having those expectations from the beginning and hiring right, promoting right and leading right will dictate your bottom line because not everyone has someone like me or like you who can come in and help them with those things. And so if they are struggling with that, right now that's definitely what they need to look at and especially if they have a very sweet little um person in a side office that does staffing and is responsible for all of the education you know i think we train so much on um the technical aspects and and i know that you have a very unique way of training where you also insert brand and culture into the trainings as well so um, i know we don't have a whole lot more time but there were a couple of things that i did uh, want you to share if you have time about your process because you have a very very unique way of of doing things if you have a few minutes to share that yeah sure um so i think that it's important um to focus on the whole person um, kind of your holistic training approach um, a lot of times companies especially in service industry your customer facing your whole job is to bring in revenue whether you're selling a sweater leasing an apartment selling a car um, whatever you happen to be doing your job is to bring in revenue and so typically you'll hear these type of business owners and they're like I'm too busy I don't have time I don't have time to train them 
um, but they've put the person in that maybe could sell the widget or the service, but they're not aligned to the right of the company. And so the right of the company is the why. Why are you there? Why are you selling that widget? Why'd you start? Why do you continue? Um, why should people work for you? That's the, that's the right. So everybody's right is very different. If you hire people, um, really align to your right and then train your leaders to lead those people, that's where you get success. Now the trick is, one, defining your right. <laughs> and it changes, it's not the same. My right, whenever I started, is very different than my right five years down the line and I wanna start selling shoes and sweaters, right? It's very different. So you have to get people that are into what you do. Um, they're into you, they like your goals, um, and they wanna help you achieve them. But then you need, you need leaders that can lead those people. And so I've kind of broken it down into um, a garden, planting a garden. Have you ever planted a garden, Bridget? I, I have, and I have to tell you, it was, it was a horrible mess. Yeah, but I get an evil effort. Like we okay. it up and everything. I went to the store and I did all this backbreaking work, and it was yeah. just a, it was a hot mess. It was a hot mess. Yeah, yeah. I it takes had a watermelon vine that grew through everything. Yeah, it's hot mess. Oh yeah. So um, planting a garden takes planning, um, and it takes um, skill. And if you don't know what you're putting in your garden, then your garden won't thrive. It'll pull from each other and it'll end up kind of, um, it'll end up dead and you'll have weeds everywhere. And the flowers that you don't want will be everywhere. And the flowers that you do want will die. So leading a team and putting a team together are the very same thing. So I've broken down the people that would come onto your team into very um, distinct categories. There are four. We like four. <laughs> Gives you less to remember. Um, so four. Let's start with um, the cactus. And I'm going to briefly kind of go over each of these because I know that we are shorter on time. So I'm going to briefly go over each of these um, and then we can go from there. Does that sound okay? Perfect. All right, good. All right, so first you have the cactus and a cactus is pretty unassuming. You hire them because they look like they're going to be self-sustained and in the environment. Um, you look, um, you're looking for somebody that you can just kind of put on the team and they're going to do their job and they're not going to need a lot from you. That's what you think you're getting with the cactus. And in the right environment, that is what you're getting with the cactus. The cactus wants to typically work alone. They like to check off boxes. They are not into the collaboration so much, um, but they're really good at keeping collaboration um, towards execution so that it doesn't stay, you know, phantom idea, it actually becomes a product. So the cactus in the right environment is the one that can help control the other kind of chaos that's going on. Um, in the wrong environment, a cactus will take all the nutrients from the environment. Mm. So if they're in the wrong role, if they're doing the wrong job, if they're made to collaborate when they don't want to, um, you'll see the rest of the environment kind of um, you'll see the rest of the environment wither. And so the, the team, based on who you have, you may or may not know what's going on because the cactus can be very dominating. The cactus in, an, um, in the wrong environment can dominate the rest of the environment. Which leads me to our strawberries. I like strawberries. Um, strawberries, if you've ever planted strawberries, strawberries are a vine and they go kind of like your watermelon. Yep. They take over. 
and you'll have strawberries um, everywhere. Strawberries are interesting because they are highly energetic. They bring in lots of innovation and creativity and great ideas and um, they want to be the center of attention and they want to collaborate and brainstorm. They're the ones that like want the whiteboard on the wall so that they can just draw it all out. That's a strawberry. They're great on a team. If your team needs to innovate, if they need to create, if they're constantly having to find a new way to do the same thing because the old way doesn't work anymore. So the strawberry um, is super important to kind of spawn those ideas, get those ideas going. They need the cactus to help execute the ideas. The cactus is your what if person, right? Your well, what if this happens or what if that happens? And sometimes the what if person, I can't take it. But a lot of times if I'm trying to change a process, if I'm trying to implement a new initiative, a program, a software, that what if, it will save you because the humans that you're fixing to roll it out to, <laughs> they're going to blow it up with all those what ifs. Absolutely. So, so that cactus on your team is super important because they uncover the what ifs. Strawberries, if not led correctly, can feel very um, kind of pushed down. You know, I don't want to conform. I don't want to follow all the rules. I need a little autonomy. Um, I want to come in and talk to you about all my crazy ideas. So I need access to my leader. That's a strawberry. Um, make them conform too much and you're gonna lose that. You're gonna lose the very reason why you hired them. Um, orchids. Have you ever seen an orchid in the grocery store? I have. They're so pretty. They're lovely. They're beautiful. Um, orchids are interesting as well. Um, orchids are a pretty high maintenance flower. Um, they require dark. They require a little stick to hold them up. Um, you water an orchid with an ice cube. Um, you have to kind of keep it positioned in a way where direct air isn't blowing on it or direct sun isn't getting on it. Um, but an orchid is beautiful. And so just like that on your team, an orchid adds such value when led correctly because an orchid is very introspective. They're very reflective. Um, they're the ones that will tell you, okay, we're making this decision. Here's how it may hurt other people. Have you thought of all of these groups of people? So they're very much um, aligned to like the inclusivity of your company. Um, departments tend to make decisions in silos and then they roll them out and then they wonder why people don't buy in. The ORCID can help you prevent that from happening because they think of all of the details on how it could impact other people. Now, an orchid, because of this, they need conversation. They need direct line to their leader. They need constant feedback. And you have to temper the feedback um, so it's not so harsh. So it sounds a whole lot like, well, that was really great. Um, how do you think that could have been better? That's an orchid. Right. A cactus feedback is, I'm not sure um, how you did that or why you went that path. Let's not do that again. Let's do this. Very different, right? Right. Okay. So you have to know what you have in front of you to know how to communicate. Orchids, super important. If your decisions are impacting large groups, um, diverse groups, and you need inclusivity, you need buy-in, that's an orchid. You got to have them, but you have to know how to lead them and talk to them. Um, lastly, the fourth one. The fourth one, 
these are the filler kind of in your flower garden. Whenever you go to plant your flower garden and you have all that empty space and you have your flowers where you want them, but then you need to fill it in. So it looks all together. Looks like it was planned and put all together. That's your ground cover. Um, your ground cover, your bushes, those kind of things. Um, this person on your team is steady. They are consistent. They are loyal. They come in at the same time every day. They leave at the same time every day. They rarely call in sick. They get their job done. Um, you have to make them take a vacation. Um, they also check boxes really well. If you have a process you want followed, the ground cover will get it done. No problem at all. Um, they don't mind sitting down at their desk and doing their job day in and day out. They like routine. They don't need a whole lot from you. Um, you've got to have them on your team. This is what anchors your team in. They're the person that keeps it very calm, that keeps it cohesive. Um, they're not overly dramatic or emotional in any way. So leading a ground cover is interesting because um, you sometimes forget that they're there. They're just chugging along, doing their job. Um, and so it's up to you as a leader to be proactive in approaching them. How are you doing? What are you working on? Um, how can I help you? What are your biggest challenges today? That kind of thing. Um, so it's very different from my other three. My other three, you have to um, make space for them to come to you. The ground cover, you have to make the initiative, you have to take the initiative to go to them. So you put all of this together, right? Mm -hmm. You put all of this together. And as you put it all together, um, the only thing that makes it work is knowing how to lead. That's the only thing that makes it work. Otherwise, you're going to see them all show up as they want to, their natural tendencies, and it's not going to achieve what you're trying to achieve. And instead, the leader leads the individuals and not a team. And then the productivity, meeting deadlines, um, the potential, they're just not met. Wow. So I definitely think that we need a follow-up conversation because I know we have run out of time. And we have just probably like a minute or so left. So I would love to ask you real quick, what do you feel like is the biggest disconnect? Because, you know, listening to you talk, I know everyone's wondering, what am I? Am I a strawberry? Am I a cactus? Yeah. Am I an organ? Am I ground cover? And, and where is the disconnect between my team and how, how am I leading? Is, is, there, is there one thing that you feel like is, is really the disconnect? Um, communication. Okay. Communication, yeah. Um, we tend to develop, if we're training and developing our leaders, we're giving them a tons, we're giving them tons of tools, right? We're filling up their toolbox with um, all the tools that they need. And the problem is, is that no, they don't know how to use them. Um, so if you have just a hot minute, I have a really interesting story that came up this weekend. Okay. Um, my son, he's 11, well, actually he's 12 today. Today is his birthday. Oh, happy birthday. I know. Thanks. And Mr. Ethan plays um, club soccer. He plays select soccer for BBB. And we live in North Texas. So youth soccer is huge around here. And he's played competitive soccer since he was four years old. Like he's a pretty good soccer player. And this weekend they played, they were playing league play. And his team came out and um, they are ranked first in their league. And the team that they were playing on Saturday was ranked last in their league. And so Ethan's team is 
fairly competitive and they come out thinking, we got this. Um, no problem at all. Like, this is just like a scrimmage, fun, no big deal. Um, the other team did not come out of the gate like that. <laughs> they came out of the gate like, we're going to win this game. And they did everything they could to win that game. And the problem was, is that Ethan's team, they know formation. So in soccer, it's all about formation and driving the ball. And so you want to drive the ball to the, um, to the goal. That's the job. Now, their formations weren't working. So they have all the tools, but their formations weren't working because the team that they were playing against, they don't have the same skill. They don't have the same strategy. Um, they don't have the same experience level as Ethan's team. But what they did have was they had um, persistence and perseverance. Mm -hmm. And they had the attitude of, we will do whatever it takes to win this game. And it threw Ethan's team completely off. None of their, none of their tools worked. They couldn't get their formations down. They couldn't get their striker in position. Their goalie couldn't save anything to save his life. Like it was tough. It was a rough game. The coach took them all out. So at halftime, it was one to zero. Coach took them all out and he was like, here's what's going on. They're a defensive team. They're playing huddle soccer. And so everywhere you go, you're being covered by at least four players. Now it's only 9v9 at 11 or 12 years old. It's only 9v9. And so E sat over there and he was like, well, we got to do it different because he's the striker and he has four people on him and there's no way he can get the ball. So he was like, I want to play the wing. So the wing runs up and down the field this way. And they're the point where they can cross the ball and then the striker can kick it in the goal, right? All right. So he was like, well, let me go on wing and um, I can run this play from the other side and then set up the attacking center mid to rush up and grab the ball instead of the forward. Since they don't know soccer, they're not going to really see that coming. They're going to think the forward. And the coach, the leader of the team, said, I don't think so. I think that we should stick to the plan. So they didn't modify the plan and use different tools to achieve the goal of winning the game. They stuck to the plan. They stuck to the way they'd always done it because that's what they knew. And they just bet on the fact that the other team would get tired because huddle soccer is tiring and that they would be able to win. So how do you think that worked out? I think Ethan did not have a very good game and he probably was not very happy <laughs> at the end of that. Tell me about it. He was not, he was not because they stuck to the plan. Um, they ended up losing. So they lost two to nothing. Um, and in soccer, a shutout gives you extra points. It's all on a point system. Um, it brought that team up to third place because of the point system. So they helped bump that team up to third place and all because they did not modify the strategy or use the tools that they were given in a different way to fit the need of the environment. What was going on? They stuck to the plan, stuck to what they always knew. Wow. Yeah. That's such a good story. And it's, 
absolutely in line with what what you've always said is how we have all of the leadership tools we have all of the sales tools we have all of these mm -hmm. different programs but if your leader in place doesn't know how to run their team you're gonna get nowhere that is is yeah. awesome that is awesome Thank you so much for being here. We definitely need to follow up. There are many more questions that I have for you. Is there anything that you would like to share before we wrap up? Um, if you'd like to hear more about this, I would love to hear from you. You can find me on LinkedIn, um, Change Reaction. Um, you can also find me on the web, of course, at startachangereaction.com. Yes. Me up. And if you have questions about what you are or what your team members are, make sure to send Jamie a message. You can also drop us a comment below. If you think that you're a strawberry or a cactus or an orchid, definitely share that with us because I bet right now you are imagining your team and you are seeing little flowers walking around your office <laughs> right now. Um, I am curious as to what I am. I think I'm somewhere between like a cactus and a strawberry. So, But we will definitely be back. We will have more in our series and we're looking forward to seeing you again soon. So you guys have a great day. You've reached the end of another Unleash the Unstoppable podcast episode. Make sure to connect with us at UnleashTheUnstoppable.com. We'll see you next time.